What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. My name is Jacob Cooker, but my friends call me Cub, and you should too. Every day on the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast, we discuss faith, spirituality, and the realms of paranormal. Today, I have a fantastic episode for you. As always, we finally know who the Father of Jesus is, according to this particular scripture. Hint, it's not God. Now, this is episode 378. For the record, I am not here to debate, discuss, argue, or try to defend any position for or against religion, okay? Uh, This is literally a non-religious channel. I, however, talk about a lot of things within the religious construct. However, I am personally deconstructed, so... The point of talking about it is mainly just to share my point of view and where I've come from and my deconstruction journey and how I view things. And again, I'm not interested in debating theology or anything like that, because for me uh, to try to interpret the Bible by the Bible um, is a essentially a futile effort because it's basically becoming an echo chamber for itself rather than looking at the huge amounts of data we now have, including things like quantum physics including mass amounts of ancient mythologies uh, and just the general evolution of the human brain, I think is something that we can all agree upon and look at things in a very clear light. Uh, With that said, all love and respect to all religious traditions, faiths, beliefs. I am not whatsoever saying that you are not intelligent or you are not evolved if you are religious. What I am saying is I don't want to debate you because we are looking at things completely differently, okay? So I hope you respect that. Let's go. Let's get into it today. It's going to be a great episode, and I just wanted to disclaim it with that. Again, I used to debate things from the Christian point of view. I don't anymore. I had 30 years in the church. Now I'm looking at things like Gnosticism. We're looking at ancient mythologies. We're looking at quantum physics, and we're going to get deep into a lot of these waters today. So, ready for more deconstruction? Teresa says, thank you, my friend. I appreciate you. Uh, Let's see. Orion says, could we ever put an hour together to talk privately? I do not do one-on-ones, my friend. I appreciate that. The best bet for you is if you would like to join our Mythos community. Uh, My Mythos membership is going to be the best way to get to know me, get to know the community. Uh, again, just, you know, coming in blind, um, you know, I don't know who you are. You don't know who I am. I appreciate that. But proximity is really easy. It's over on my website, www.cubkuker.com. If I took an hour with everybody who claimed that they needed to talk to me for an hour, I would literally have eight to 10 hour days booked every single day. So I hope you uh, hope you understand that and respect that. So, um, anyway, uh, okay. If you're with Daniel, uh, you can message me privately on Facebook, and I will look for your message. Um, but beyond that, as far as an hour to talk or anything, again, I don't do one on ones. So, um, if I did, they uh, they're not available right now. So, but I appreciate that. So, yeah, come come join the community. We can talk a whole lot more in there. So. Um, but yeah, just shoot me a message. Let me know what it's about. Um, I'm not big on cryptic stuff. If you come at me cryptic with stuff, I normally just, you know, blow it off. So, 
Uh, just be real honest about what your intentions are. Let me know what you're thinking. Um, and then we'll talk or we won't, but at least you got it out there. Right. So, um, sorry, not, not trying to distract from the episode here, but, but I get stuff like that all the time. I appreciate it. Um, but definitely just get to the point. Let me know what you want, what I can do for you, what you can do for me, whatever the the thing is, and we'll have an honest conversation. And that's, that's really how I roll. So, um, I'm not a, you know, slip into the DMS for two hours kind of guy. I'm just, you know, let me know what's up and then we'll go from there. So who or what is the father of Jesus, Yeshua, Isa, or Christ, Christos, Krishna, whatever you want to call him, a lot of different names and a lot of different traditions, even the Buddha. I uh, had a conversation with a pastor one time in which the pastor told me, Jesus is not Buddha and we need to get our theology straight. That's not what we believe, dot, dot, dot. Might not be what we believe, but it's what I believe. So I'm not here to tell you or sell you a certain point of view. I want to think on my own. And that's, guys, that's what I've built this community on, is thinking on our own. And every time I talk about Jesus, it seems like we get the religious crowd in here. And I want you to know I love you. I've been there, my friends. But I want you to open up your heart, open up your mind, Look at a huge, big, beautiful world, cosmos, galaxy. Realize we are not the greatest thing since sliced bread, right? But I think I'm going to teach today what I think Jesus was really talking about here. And this is a very heretical message that has really, you know, been largely um, smothered out. I mean, if you look back 2,000 years, the early Gnostic tradition was coming out of an ancient pagan and mythological system and trying to understand and wrap their heads around what Jesus and and people like him were saying. Even Buddha, 500 years before Jesus, was really just dropping some brand new stuff that like people didn't really understand what he was talking about. And then you get Jesus dropping on the scene here, and he's dropping into one of, if not the heaviest, oppressed times. You had the religious tradition, the economic tradition, the political tradition, all of the powers that be. You had Rome. You had all of the religious leaders, everybody coming down on people. There was literally no, like, freedom wasn't even a thing, right? Like, you were bought and paid for by something. You were either literally enslaved, or you were a hundred percent enslaved by your economic or your affiliations or your belief systems or your religious tradition. Okay. There was no freedom of anything at that point. And that's where we start. And that's where Gnosticism comes in. Gnosticism is not some alternate heretical, evil, hidden occult thing it's literally what people believed right after Jesus, during and right after Jesus. And then in about 300 years, Rome p- picked out, just like picking bones out of a fish or a chicken, they picked out everything that was considered heretical or Gnostic. There's a document that you can read, and it's actually fascinating. I'm not going to go through it today. Um, but it's by Irenaeus. It's called On Heresy. 
And if you want to know what was really kicked out of the traditions and why this document will blow your mind. And if you're not deconstructed now, you will be after you read this. Um, I couldn't even believe that this document existed. When I looked at it and I read it, I was like, wow, they really did that. Somebody really said, you know, this is this and that is that. This is good. This is bad. This is ugly. I, you know, I just, I could not believe it. I could not believe it. So it's called On Heresy by Irenaeus. Um, go check it out. It's fantastic. Um, kind of terrifying. And it will really reveal, I think, what what was going on here. So, um, Juliet, see your reader. Um, peace out. You don't get to spam my comments. Sorry. Bye-bye. I don't play that game. I'm in a really no BS mood today, by the way. No belief systems here. I don't have a belief system for you. I just think on my own. I also think things about myself that most people have been taught not to. I think that I am a Christ. I think I am a God. I think you are too. And I think that the very spirit of God is within me. A hundred percent. No ritual needed. Kyle says, can you elaborate on Gnosticism? Yeah, so Gnosticism comes from... By the way, I'm not here to evangelize for Gnosticism. I don't consider myself like a practicer of Gnosticism. I just like it because it takes Christianity and blends it with ancient mythology and metaphysical practices. Specifically, most likely the Vedic texts, the Egyptian mystery schools, and the sort. So Gnosticism comes from the root word in Greek, meaning to know, gnosis, G-N-O-S-I-S. And uh, Jeffrey says, I've been in this mood for three days. Yeah, man, I, I'm right there with you, brother. Uh, love what you're doing, Merle says. Thank you so much, my friend. Um, Bryce says, I agree with you and everything you just said. Thank you very much. Um, okay, so Gnosticism basically is this early, early Christian tradition. People that heard the message of Jesus believed, okay, we can do a whole lot more. We can totally free ourselves. They weren't looking for a literal Messiah, the, the, specifically the Gnostic tradition was. The Book of Acts, okay, the Book of Acts is considered Pauline doctrine or theology. I don't, I'm not a Paul, I, I don't follow or uh, practice any of Paul's teachings. So you've got all of the books in the New Testament. Um, you've got most of them are Pauline theology, except for like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, Pauline theology, specifically, in my humble opinion, because he was a Roman officer, and then had an experience with Jesus that no witnesses were there, clearly. Um, I think he was basically coming in to sweep up the message of Jesus and clean it up, make it in a nice, tidy, tight package so Rome could use it and continue control and oppression. What's up, honeybee? How are you, my friend? I hope you're having a beautiful day. 
So I am going to go for the throat a little bit today on the whole establishment. Um, not an anarchist or anything like that. That's not my point. I just want to make sure I don't fall back asleep. Okay. I'm not even here to, I'm not here to convert you. I'm not here to, you know, excite you to any kind of action other than just to realize what is in front of you, realize what is within you and realize your own sovereignty. And that is a spiritual thing. Okay. Um, and, and the whole point of my podcast is to explore the supernatural mythos and you've been put in chains, invisible chains. And so have I that say, you can't even ask those questions. Just trust God or just trust the universe or whatever, rather than actually explore that, go with that feeling, go with that thought, go look at it, go look under that rock, go see where that leads. And that's what I want for all of us collectively. Yes, on the red letters. Absolutely, Kenny. Absolutely. Um, after enlightenment, is there a dull period after? Yes, it's all dull. In fact, it is mundane, monotonous, mind-numbing, dull emptiness once you wake up okay it's not hippie sitting on a log everybody's wonderful and happy and we're all jesus and i love everybody no it's work you have you finally realize you are accountable for your thoughts you are accountable for your actions you are accountable for your emotions lisa says completely dull exactly by the way that doesn't sell you know what sells is come be enlightened it's a blast. Every day has meaning. No, it doesn't. When you realize this is a simulation and you actually don't know why it's a simulation, you don't know if it's some sick, twisted game that you're playing with yourself. You don't know if there is some game creator. There's really like nothing more depressing, in my opinion. Like truth, it, yeah, exactly. Opens the truth, Jeffrey says. Harry, uh, I'm going to knock that one out of the park right now. Uh, no, the father of Jesus was not Gabriel. If you believe he was an extraterrestrial hybrid, sure, maybe it was Gabriel. But I'm talking about something complete. I got to get you out of that mindset. Okay, like quit even thinking about Jesus as a person. That's the most heretical thing I'm going to say here today. Quit thinking about him as a person. Start thinking about christ as an entity as a spirit as a consciousness or a frequency or a wavelength that you can actually grasp right now in the moment you literally become player one and yeah it gets really dull after that i don't think jesus was like you know bubbling with excitement every day i think he had fun but i think he realized like his work is cut out for him everyone's blind everyone has their ears covered. Everybody's in chains, right? The force. Exactly, Michael. Exactly. He was realizing that the God force is within all of us. So who is in, in the father of him then? And that's where this comes in. You know, the, the immaculate conception is one of the biggest traditions right now perpetuated within modern Christianity. Um, the immaculate conception states, According to the biblical canon, 
that Jesus is the product of an angel telling Mary she would become pregnant and that no one touched her. She just ended up with child. Um, this is common in certain animals. You know, uh, they can conceive on their own. Humans, not so much, right? Um, I was taught growing up, you know, this is a miracle. You just have to accept it, blah, blah, blah. Then the more I study and the more I realized what the Demiurge is, according to Gnosticism, is basically a creator God. And I'm going to sit back today, guys. We're going to have a conversation. I'm just going to chill because my back is hurting. I'm exhausted. I'm at just one of those days. You are welcome that I'm live today because I really wanted to go back to bed. Uh, Jeffrey said, did Mary cheat? Right? I mean, guys, here's the deal. I actually think that Mary just had a kid. I think she just had a kid. I think Jesus was wired differently. I think he asked really hard questions. I think he went all over the area, Egypt, India, Nepal, everywhere with his rich uncle, Joseph of Arimathea. And he learned and he came back and he asked questions. Old soul, exactly, Jeffrey. I think the whole one and only son of God thing is literally something the church keeps on a keychain for you to keep your mind imprisoned. Okay. And I'm not against the church, by the way, they do a lot of great work. I really do believe that I'm not against pastors. I know some wonderful pastors, but what I'm against is these thoughts in me and these feelings and these programmings in me that I've had ever since I was a kid trying to understand Jesus as the perfect lamb of God and that I'm a horrible sinner who needed to sacrifice for me, blah, blah, blah. Right. I mean, come on guys, come on. I mean, of course we all have evidence for that, right? We've all made mistakes. So it's a really convenient story and narrative to tell banking on the idea that 99.99% of people have made a mistake in their life, at least one mistake that they horribly regret. Okay. And that somehow we all have original sin. That that's an easy sell right there. And Jesus never came and told anybody you have original sin. He literally, the, the woman that was caught in adultery, you know, he's like, who's gonna throw the first stone? Like, you know, like, come on. Have we completely missed? And I guys, I know I'm on fire today. Okay. Like I'm I'm just going to hammer on this. Have we completely missed the point of what Jesus said? Yes, we have. GKEG says, are you without sin? Yes, sir, I am. So are you, if you want to be. Sin is literally being out of vibration with God. That's that's what sin is, okay? So yeah, I can I can claim that. I'm in vibration with God right now. I'm in my God source. I'm in my God code. I have authority right now on this podcast. I have authority right now over what you want to say to me. You can say whatever you want. No, sin is not breaking God's commandments. God has no commandments. The creator of the universe, the source of the universe has no commandments. It literally has laws of physics. Okay. And you literally can't break those without vaporizing. So we serve very different gods, and that's the whole point of today, is that Jesus, I do not believe, was corroborating, taking ownership, 
yoking himself with or claiming to be the son of Yahweh, El Elyon, Baal, Asherah, or any of the other ancient deities presented within the Old Testament or perpetuated into the New Testament. Greg says, you can't even raise the unalived. Absolutely, I can. There are people watching this right now who are completely dead in spirit, and by the end of this podcast, they will be awakened. And I will prove it, and you will watch it, and we will all see it together today. Someone will wake up. Someone will raise from the dead in spirit. Absolutely. Okay? I mean, call me a charlatan, whatever you want, but I promise you, everything Jesus talked about was allegory. Everything, the whole point, the whole story. Jesus, he is us. He called himself the son of man over and over. Son of man this, son of man that. That translated literally means humanity. Okay, I've done all the research, guys. I have all the receipts, all the paperwork. I have an entire blog dedicated to it. I have 500 videos and an academy dedicated to it. I'm not telling you I'm right, but I'm telling you I'm convinced, okay? Nobody's going to change my mind on this. I change my mind on this. Dreamstar says, love that. Breaking the laws on the universe is the only sin we can't even sin if we tried then. Exactly. Exactly. You can judge. You can throw yourself into a tailspin. You can hurt other people. You can hurt yourself. But you can't actually sin. And Jesus even said that sin is not real. If you go read the Gnostic Gospels, he talks about sin is not real. It is only because you do that which you agree is sin. And if you agree that it's sinful to eat a hamburger, then you are bound by the law that you just created. Absolutely. I totally believe in karma. Karma is not sin, though, and karma is not reward and punishment. Karma is an algorithm that you feed into and you play. You play the cards. It's like a poker hand. You're going to take what you're given or what you came into this life with or what you were dealt. You're going to start taking more cards. You're going to throw away the ones that don't work for you, what we call burning karma. You made a lot of stupid mistakes, right? Everybody did. I know I did. I did. You got to burn that karma. And then you get into a place where you're like, I got a good hand now. I got a pretty good hand now. It doesn't make you sinful. It just means that you're a better player than the next person who's just letting cards stack up going, I got all this karma. I got all this sin. I can't do anything. Yes, still please leave the children and animals in peace. Absolutely, Dreamstar. Absolutely. And you have the, this, these systems of sacrifice because people from the beginning of time thought that they needed to spill blood to be right with the sky gods. Were the sky gods real? I don't know, maybe. But if they were, then they were definitely just extraterrestrial entities more evolved than us who wanted their barbecue and cake and eat it too, right? I mean, go look at every sacrifice in the Bible. There's a literal recipe. Certain herbs, certain way to cut it, certain way to cook it, different temperatures to cook it to, literally. I mean, it, it's like recipes. We call that Texas barbecue here in Texas. Greg says, I know you're fake. 
because you don't know what Adam Adonai Adman is. No, I don't know what that is. You have special knowledge. You should be sharing it, not trolling on me, man. That's how I know who you are. You're a comment warrior, not a leader. Love you, my friend. Karma equals action. Yeah, karma is action and thoughts and emotions, by the way. Tiffany Chapman says, boom. Yes, I claim to be a god, Greg. I'm going to call you Greg because, you know, we don't, I don't know how to say a K after a G. So, uh, yeah, I claim to be a god. Jesus said, ye are gods and the scriptures cannot be broken. And the Old Testament says we're children of the Elohim, so that literally makes us gods. I'm a kooker because I'm the son of my father, who is a kooker. My dad didn't give me life, though. My mom didn't give me life. They bore me into a material realm to be unalived at some point. And if I keep this up, maybe sooner than later, right? Hey, family, those ETs love their barbecue. Molly says, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, technologically advanced controllers. Yeah, exactly. The gods, guardians of the domains, right? Exactly. Um, let's see. Wendy had a good comment here, and then I'm going to jump in and I'm going to read some stuff. Because, I mean, I can sit here and tell you what I think, or I can go to the scripture. Michael says, tell it, brother. Thank you, my friend. So I'm going to go to the scripture here, and I'm going to go through the biblical canon, too, for anybody that still doesn't believe me, okay? Uh, and you can watch this whole thing, and you can not believe me, and you can think that I'm crazy, and, and that's fine. I promise you. Someone has called me that before. Uh, so here we go. Uh, Greg says, a leader I am not, but a fighter bound to unalivement. See, that's your problem, man. Live by the sword, by the sword, right? Stop fighting and wake up. When you wake up and you realize it's your dream, it's all your dream. You're only fighting yourself. Everything you don't like about me, you don't like about yourself. Randy, what's up, brother? Randy says the creator of life can do anything. With God, nothing is impossible. Amen, my friend. Amen. Thank you very much, Randy. Appreciate you and good to see you, my friend. We are immortals, OG says. Yeah, absolutely. Uh oh, okay. Uh Adamon is supposed to be what we are evolving into bodies of light. Okay, very interesting. Um energy cannot be destroyed, only transformed with the serpent. Absolutely, absolutely. You guys know I think we're on the wavelength now. I think I can get going. Um, I just had to get some of that out. A little bit of venting all love and light. And I mean that, okay, you guys know I'm not all love and you guys know I'm not all light. Okay. I've got, I've got a little bit of everything. Okay. And that's called non-duality. It means I just accept and own everything within me. Right. Okay. It means that, uh, when someone gives me comments that are annoying, I realize that's just within me. Also realize that if I say something that you don't agree with or you take offense to that's within you not me as long as i'm not trying to be offensive which i do not try to be offensive uh dream star says your scorpio is showing and i am here for that cub thank you my friend thank you 
yeah, I guess it's coming out lately because today I feel like there's a hole burning in my chest. Like this just wants to get out. I don't know. Uh, Jay Jew says, do I, do you think I should quit my job? It's too toxic. I don't know. That's up to you, man. I don't make decisions for other people. You know exactly what you want to do and you know what the right thing to do is. You, you already know what you want me to tell you. So there's your answer. I can't tell you anything. I can't make you do anything. Spitting fire today. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, uh, fireweed and fern. What's up, Kathy? How are you? Okay, so this scripture is from the secret book of John, and this is where Jesus is revealing who his father is. He's revealing who God is, by the way, but he's actually going to tell you here that it's not God at all. He's actually going to tell you who it is and what it is, and I'm going to share some stuff from H.P. Lovecraft today. I'm going to share the Apocryphon of John or the secret book of John, and I'm going to go through the canonical scriptures and show you that all of this actually does line up. It's like a hand in a, in a poker game. It all lines up together. Uh, I've been watching uh, The Sopranos, so I don't know why I'm on like the whole poker game kind of thing, but uh, that's really where I'm at. I don't even play poker. In fact, I think I've played poker once and um, I lost all of my chips. Uh, I think we were literally playing for uh, Doritos or something. So, um, But for me, I think that this all actually lines up and I think that we have some very poignant things in the canonical scriptures that Jesus says and claims. And then we have what I call OPOs or other people's opinions. So in marketing, um, when you have a company or a brand, you've got uh, the representation of that company or brand, the talent that represents that company or brand. And then you have the OPOs, which is other people's opinions or the reviews online, right? And the Bible for me is a big collection of online reviews for what Jesus and other religious teachers said throughout history. So that's basically how I look at it. It would be like reading Yelp and going, oh, this is, this is, you know, uh, I'm going to live by this, you know, uh, one star on this restaurant. I'm going to live by it. No, try it for yourself. Like, you know, look at other people's opinions, take it into account. Sure. But go learn it for yourself. Right. Uh, Harry Christie says, I watched the Sopranos last month. Good for you, my friend. I don't know how you watched it in a month, man. I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm not even into one season. I've been watching it over a month, but I only watched like an episode a day. So, uh, Azakar, I hope I said your name right. Says, uh, love it. Just here to learn more. Thank you, my friend. Um, okay. I say, um, a lot because it got a lot of comments today. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Great, great interaction today. So secret book of John says the one is the invisible spirit. Okay. And I want to reference that back with what Jesus said in the canonical scriptures. He said, my father is in spirit and in truth. He talked about an invisible spirit. No one has seen God at any time. He said, so this one says the one capital one is the invisible spirit. We should not think of it as a God or like a God for it is greater than a God because it has nothing over it and no Lord above it. Okay. Remember just because the Bible says Lord doesn't mean it's this one or what I call the source. It's a Lord. Okay. People in the middle ages were called Lords and ladies, right? And the Bible will say Lord because it's a, a cultural deity, a specific cultural deity. And the people that wrote those scriptures were claiming that cultural deity as their most high God. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Okay. A lot of people 
you know, want to demonize, you know, oh, it was their tradition or their tradition or whatever. Guys, it's just, it's humanity. It's everyone's interpretations. And I'm just here to give you mine. So I'm not saying anybody was right or wrong. And I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying, look at all the data. Look at every religious tradition on the planet. Look at every non-religious tradition. Look at everything as a whole. Yeah, you have deities, you have lords, you have gods. All are just different classifications, right, of different things. Then you have the Elohim. And then you have different language barriers where the Elohim is actually what the gods were. Where one culture, you get into the Greek gods, well, the Hebrew actually just called them the Elohim, which is a plural terminology. For it is greater than a god because it has nothing over it and no lord above it. It does not exist within anything inferior to it since everything exists within it alone. All right, so let's let's back up the, the horses here. Everything exists within it. That would make it really convenient for someone like Jesus or someone like myself to say, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Because according to the secret book of John, everything is in the Father. Everything is in the One. Thank you, Raxel, for the super chat. Man, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Raxel and people like our friend Raxel are the reason that I can show up every day because obviously my message is not super popular with sponsors. This isn't something that, you know, your average uh, potato chip company wants to just jump on board with and uh, allow me to, you know, promote their product. This is something that I do very well outside of, you know, what you would consider a normal content creator with sponsorships and stuff. You know, you got your Mr. Beasts out there and then you got people like me. I'm really trying to challenge people and myself and just spread some authenticity. I'm not even going to say truth. It's just authenticity in a loving way. I literally respect every tradition on the planet. I really, really do. Every orientation, I fly the rainbow flag in my description. I love you. I love you. I love you. But I'm also going to be real with you. Light creates shadows in the room. So thank you, Roxel. Roxel uh, says, appreciate you, Cub. Thank you, thank you. I really appreciate you. Uh, we are all in the Father, Kathy says. Exactly, exactly. And that's uh, that's what we're talking about today. I'm glad you see that. Ashley says, this is why the gods get jealous. We aren't fixed. Exactly. The gods have their place, and the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Remember when Jesus said that? He was talking about the fact that humanity, like the unholy creation of humans, according to every tradition, like the fact that we exist here, we weren't supposed to be here. Something did something and we evolved, or monkey and alien DNA, I don't know. Somehow, some way we're here, and the birds know how to build a nest easily from resources around them. We have to toil and work and struggle from the day we're born just to survive. And I understand that the, the animal kingdom does too, but you got to understand a bird can just sit in a tree and sleep. A horse can literally just stand up in a field and sleep. 
human does that, you're going to lose all the blood to your brain and pass out. We are not designed efficiently for this planet without having to work for it. And that to me, evolutionarily says something, something's up with humans. Something's weird. And Jesus called it out too. The son of man has nowhere to lay his head. It is eternal since it does not need anything for it is absolutely complete. It has never lacked anything in order to be completed by it. Rather, it is always absolutely complete and light. And this is how, you know, I used to go to church all the time. And they'd say, you know, God needs you in his marriage with you to be complete. No, God doesn't need you. This one doesn't need, it literally says right here, it has never, ever lacked anything in order to be complete. Well, God created us so he could experience everything through us. No, he created us because he wanted to. He created matter because he wanted to. She wanted to. It wanted to. It is the best word for it, by the way. It is absolutely complete. That means we're just for fun, right? Frankenstein's monsters, but we're just a lot. We're alive. Exactly. Doxa says they, LOL. Exactly. The one is illimitable. Means it cannot be limited. The one is illimitable. Since there is nothing before it to limit it. Unfathomable. Since there is nothing before it to fathom it. Immeasurable. Since there was nothing before it to measure it. Invisible. Since nothing has ever seen it. Eternal. Since it exists eternally unutterable since nothing could comprehend it to utter it unnameable since there is nothing before it to give it a name we live in our father thank you kathy thank you so for me uh you know well who is god well god is the father of jesus or, or god is this or god is love or god is that like do you believe in God? You don't have to believe in God because God already believed in you. This one doesn't need worship. Well, God's complete when we worship him. No, that's another God. That's another Lord. Exactly. Life. Life. God is life. Exactly. So I hope you guys see where I'm going with this. Stop in the name of love. Absolutely. Um, somebody said, where do we go? Or what happens when we are unalived heaven or H E L L depends on what you create. And guys, I really mean that. Okay. Stop buying into the rhetoric that you have 80 years to get it right. Or you're screwed. That is not fair. That is not balanced. That is not loving that is not kind that is nothing other than sadistic the rapture was added h-e-l-l was added jesus never really spoke of any of that he talked about gehenna where trash burns basically just talked about being thrown out like trash 
Why do we even think that? Why do we even entertain those thoughts? Why do you not realize that you are an eternal, perfect being of light? You are literally a cell in God's body. The energies in your body, I don't think worry about what happens when he's done with this energy. What happens when the, the carbohydrate is burned? I'm going to not exist. No, it's energy. It's all energy. It's just converted. And you've been given thoughts and form in order to play in this substratum. They used to call it the ether. It was originally part of a periodic table or proposed periodic table. Not currently in it, but it's called the ether. It's the, the God sauce that we swim in. And so what I'm trying to get across today, guys, is I often talk about Jesus because I love the idea of him. Okay. I can't claim that I love him as my personal Lord and Savior because it's not like that with me. For me, Jesus is like a part of me I never knew. He's like this thing that I am, but I've never realized it. It's like the part of me that I really love. And for me, that denotes Christ, not Jesus the flesh, but Christ the spirit. And whether there was a Jesus in the flesh or not is neither here nor there for me. It's completely irrelevant because the story of Christ, the mythos of Christ is what matters to me. That's a beautiful way to explain it, Jessica says. Thank you, my friend. Christ within Liesa says, thank you. The one is the immeasurable light, pure, holy, immaculate. The one is unutterable and is perfect in incorruptibility. Not that it is part of perfection or blessedness or divinity. It is much greater. The one is not corporeal and is not incorporeal. The one is not large and it is not small. It is impossible to say how much is it and what kind is it. Like, we don't even know how big the universe is. And I think the hippies probably got it a whole lot closer to right when they said, well, the universe is telling me something. Yeah, because that's kind of the direction it's coming from, right? It's all, all things. And when you tap into certain frequencies of it, you get certain messages. You might find that your mission is to dot, dot, dot. Tap into another frequency, you find that there is no mission. Tap into a different frequency, you find that you want to help people. Tap into a different frequency, you find that there's really no work to do other than love yourself. The universe is infinite. Exactly, exactly. Bayberry says, most can't get past the fact that everything we were taught and told was a L-I-E to control us. Here's the deal. It's not always an outright L-I-E, because I actually don't believe in lies or truth. That's kind of where I differ from a lot of the traditions. Even Gnosticism dips into things like the gospel of truth, blah, blah, blah. For me, the, the only truth is that we are a part of the one. Like, that's it. Like, that we are a part of something that is energy guidance and manifestation that's literally the father energy the mother wave 
and the sun light particle. That's quantum theory. That's my quantum God theory. That's the only truth to me. And within that, anything can be true. Anything. Because I think from my studies scientifically, this is not gospel truth scientifically, but this is my studies. There's really only basically one core rule you can't break, and that's that you can't destroy energy. It's just transforming, transferring, manifesting. You guide it with the mother. It's produced from this thing that we call the father or that we call the source. We don't really know where energy comes from, right? Like it comes from processes that are happening on an atomic level and something that is literally invisible to the human eye can create an entire universe, an entire ecosystem, an entire holographic system. And when we say holographic, it's different than what we think of as a holographic uh, thing in front of us where you can just wave your hand through it. This is a holograph that is literally projected into 3D space and it has lowered its vibration into things like a wooden table, a plastic cup, uh, a tablet that I'm streaming on, things that we've agreed to have in our reality. And if you want different things in your reality, start agreeing to different things. I promise you my reality changes every day when I come on here and I speak my truth every day. And I said my truth. I'm not saying it's the truth. I'm saying it's my truth. And you need to get a whole lot more comfortable with your truth, by the way. Because I think if there is a lie that's told to anyone, it's the fact that there's something that's truth and something that's a lie. And the idea that your truth doesn't matter is one of the biggest shames in the world to me because your truth is all that matters. Your truth is literally your subjugation, your subjection on reality to what you want. Reality is subjective to your point of view. Truth is subjective to your point of view. I can't even agree that this table is real in this house. I literally, I'm I, I'm not even there anymore. Guys, my mind is not to the point where I can actually go, this is solid, this is real. It literally is in my house. I don't, I don't even believe that anymore. Some people do. Some people are out there in the spiritual community teaching that we got to have truth because, you know, the table's in the house and the house is on a lot and the lot's in a city. Guys, I don't know. I mean, Jesus literally said, if you had the faith of a mustard seed, it doesn't sound like faith to me when people are saying that, that you would say to the mountain, move, and it would move. So what if we're just dealing with frequencies that we have to re-agree on the frequency? And what if you wake up in a different reality and you don't even remember making the change? Well, Cub, I can't wave my hand and move a mountain. How do you know you haven't already done it? How do you know what you know today isn't the direct result of your faith yesterday? And you literally have an endlessly automatic wiping mechanism that wipes your memory at every turn whenever you have a faith moment. Because it then becomes your agreed upon reality. Just saying. What's up, Anthony? How are you? Energy is amazing and on fire. Thank you, Anthony. I appreciate you, my friend. That seems to be the whole point. Ashley says the experience of life could never exist without the ringmasters. Exactly. Exactly. We are radio receivers. Exactly. Happy G says, awesome. Love the way you look at all of this. Jessica says, thank you so much, my friends. I appreciate y'all. 
Uh, Jason, what's up, man? Welcome back, my friend. Jason says, be careful about your thinking because the Sumerian gods and goddesses can digitally, electrically read our pineal glands or our souls. Fine, they go ahead. I mean, let them. I don't let them read what they want. They already know. I mean, they're just frequencies. I'm just going to elevate my frequency to match theirs. Then we're going to have a face-to-face conversation in our mind. I've confronted them before in my dreams and visions, and I'll confront them again. And I'll keep reminding them who I am. Chester says, for me, Jesus Christ is the Son of God because I saw them both before, the Father and the Son united. God bless you all. Thank you, Chester. Much love and respect, my friend. A lot of people have had experiences with Jesus. A lot of people have had experiences with Krishna. A lot of people have seen the Buddha. A lot of people have seen literal extraterrestrial races. Guys, it's all relative to our point of view and what we need the message to come in. You drive a different car from your neighbor because you resonated with how that car looked, how it drove, how it felt, how it smelled. Everything about it was you. Maybe it was just the money was right. But that car says something about you. And when you experience Jesus as your savior coming to you in a vision or a dream, it's because that's what you're most receptive to. When you when you receive Krishna coming to you in a dream, it's because that's what your frequency is most receptive to. And yes, I think there's some agreed upon avatar image qualities of these different deities or these different frequencies. Jeffrey wants to go back to the table. Let's go back to the table. How do I know this table isn't real? Because right now it's a table. If my house caught on fire, it becomes firewood. It's completely subjective to point of view, circumstance, energy, You turn up the energy in here, the heat is going to catch on fire. You turn the energy down so it's so cold that you barely tap it with a hammer and it crumbles to dust. It became dust again. Fireweed says you're blowing my mind. Good. Welcome. I do that at no extra charge. I believe we are extraterrestrial, multidimensional beings, unbreakable spirit says. Absolutely. Dreamstar says, OMG, um, yeah, if the goddess Isis is concerned with reading my mind, then I'm going to be feeling like a total baddie. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if they even feel threatened to come and read our mind, like maybe we're doing something right, right? Because I'm sorry, the one is not into reading my mind. The one is into being me. Let me say that again. The one is not interested in reading my mind, being worshipped, controlling me, giving me a set of laws, or anything other than being me. Anthony says, shout out to uh, reoccurring archetypal cycles of love and change. Amen, my friend. Mary Magdalene. Yeah, Mary Magdalene. Let's talk about Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene is the direct feminine adaptation of Jesus Christ himself. Mary Magdalene is a representation of the divine mother or the wave. She guided all of the energy through her heart, her mind, and her hands. And to her husband, Jesus, who, by the way, was a chaotic, 
absolutely loose cannon. Mary Magdalene guided him. She learned from that chaotic energy and she alchemized it into something useful for their tribe. It's all energy changing forms, Molly says. Absolutely. Just like all of us, Kathy says. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, guys, you can have a spirit of Mary Magdalene too. Ladies, you can have a spirit of Jesus. These are just represent representatives of these energy forces. You have the raw, unbridled chaos energy, which is what we consider the Father. The Father is in truth and spirit. But what does truth even mean? Let's look at that. I love, I love talking about this. Truth and spirit. Let's look at it. And we're not talking about truth as in the way humans define that, by the way. This is a whole different level. God, Theos, is in spirit. And his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. Truth comes from Strong's 225. Athleia, which means truth, but not merely truth as spoken, truth of idea, reality, sincerity, aka authenticity, truth in the moral sphere, divine truth revealed to man, or straightforwardness. So when people argue with you and they say, no, 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 no. You can't be in God because you've told a lie. You need to re-understand that as God is in straightforward authenticity of knowing exactly what he or it wants at any given time. Lord God, Jesus Christ says, are you a real person? Depends on what you make me. I don't understand why people rebuke me. It's so amusing to me. So amusing that, that that someone would think they have authority over my thoughts, over me sharing my truth, because I promise you my fire will burn a thousand times hotter than yours. If you even think that wasting your time rebuking anybody does anything, we got to go back to school. In fact, we got to go to the schoolyard and see who burns brighter here. Let's watch you rebuke and let's watch me take action. Lord God, Jesus Christ says, see ya. Better be careful with naming yourself all those things, right? That, that Them's a lot of, lot of things. You got Elohim in there. You got Yahweh. You got Hail Zeus and krishna all in the same name my friend much love i'm just saying if you want to help people you want to communicate with people rebuking them and being rude in the comments isn't that doesn't help anybody that's not an intelligent conversation with someone who's clearly confident in their beliefs in their identity and their faith and if you want to show me that stick around let's have a conversation but if you want to rebuke people and tell them they're right or wrong 
you can keep jumping from live stream to live stream doing that. I mean, much love, my friend. You are more than entitled to your opinion, but I just want to remind you. Can't help him, Cub. He's stuck in idolatry, Frank says. Well, clearly, there's four idols in the title there. So, uh, Kathy says, I'm Catholic and I believe all. Amen, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Anthony. Anthony says, hey, Google, play the Beatles. Come together. Amen, my friend. All right, I got comments on Facebook, too. Let me look here. Robert says, Bale. Yeah, absolutely, Bale. Uh, Bale and Yam were essentially Anki and Enlil in archetypes battling each other. Yahweh adopted both archetypes. Yahweh is most likely, like if you're going to directly correlate mythologies, Yahweh is most likely the god Marduk from the Sumerian mythology. Most likely. Shares a lot of traits with Enlil, but most likely is Marduk uh, really kind of like saying, I'm going to adopt, you know, my dad and uncle's mythos and become both of them, and I'll be the greatest god of all. Um, that's more like what the archetype looks like. And I say archetype, guys, because I don't believe in the literal interpretation of most of this stuff. I believe in the archetypical which is like, what is the example that it's trying to convey through the deity, through the story, through the narrative, all of those things. If you look at all of the Old Testament and, you, and you're like, okay, it's literal. Man, that God broke every one of the commandments it gave. Like it did everything against what it was trying to teach people. Um, if you look at it as allegorical, then you understand that Moses and the other prophets literally made the invisible force of God into what they wanted it to be because it said, I am what I am, or I will become that which I become is actually the direct Hebrew translation of that. Um, according to my interpretation of it, by the way, a lot of people argue on that, but, but the way I interpret it from reading the actual Hebrew is I will become that which I become. So, uh, I say, as long as you have love in your heart, peace in your mind and high spirits will ascend. Amen. My friend. Uh, Rusty says, I'm a new reverend, but I believe in all, not this, uh, BS. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nowadays I turn my status for more of an all belief, uh, and I follow hundred percent pure light energy. I've mastered the Reiki status two years in demonology and mystical arts. Now, good for you, my friend. Good for you. I love that. I love that. I want to hear more pastors, more reverends, more, uh, ministers out there who are uh, actively in the line of duty, right? Ministering to people, but who are deconstructed enough to like, you know, like here's a Dhammapada, here's a Bhagavad Gita, here's like, you know, here's a book on meditation, like to help people in a very tangible way. Like when did we lose spirituality that actually helps people? And that, that's been my biggest question. I remember sitting in church when I was a kid and thinking like, Jesus was saying to practice this stuff and he was practicing it. What are we missing? Like, uh, I remember thinking, man, I need to go out into the wilderness. I need to go meditate and do what he was doing, you know? Uh, and so it's like, why have we lost that? Like we're, we've, we've traded uh, ashes for pearls. We've given away all of the good stuff and bought back into things that don't, that not, not only do they not help us, but they end up harming us in the end. Right. 
The commandments in the Old Testament were rules that the kings made up for the town people, Wendy says. Yeah, possibly, definitely possibly. At the very least, I mean, you know, Moses was trying to build a society. You don't build a society. I mean, you guys know this as well as I do. You know, let's take all politic off the table, take, take all of the different, you know, social structures off the table. You just understand that you don't build a society that stays in line by not giving them rules, okay? Like you don't look at everything on the planet right now. You know, if people would coexist and do what they do without rules, then we wouldn't have rules. But you have people that adopt different spirits, that adopt ar darker archetypes, or that are living literally in their animalistic nature. And whereas an animal in the animal kingdom, it's just like nature works it out. We are, we are inside and outside of nature. We are both God and monkey, right? Like we are both, uh, we're alien and monkey. And so it's like, why, uh, that's why we have all these self-imposed rules because it's to keep us, us in line. Like you put rules on yourself every day to keep yourself in line. You know, you're like, well, I can't eat that or I can't spin this or whatever. Like, well, what if, what if you had no limitation? What if all the limitations you have on yourself are literally self-imposed? Well, then imagine an entire society or someone like Moses leading a bunch of people and you watch people getting out of line. And you're like, OK, yeah, don't unalive your neighbor. Let's just start with that one. Like there's a good one right there. OK, I'm, I'm going to come up with nine more. Let's figure out what the biggest problems are. And that's what you would do. And then you're like, we're running out of food. OK, well, then we're not going to eat this stuff. Uh, moral compass. Exactly, Michael. Exactly. So uh, Mike Manigan says living in the dualism. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Okay, so I'm going to read some stuff from H.P. Lovecraft here. This is, I think, talking about a very similar type entity or structure. Um, and guys, I want you to remember this. When Jesus said, my father is in spirit and in truth, he said straightforwardness, authenticity, sincerity. Not some objective, this is truth and that's not... But hey, if you want to talk to God, you got to go there in spirit. Okay. You don't go there with sacrifice. You don't go there with, you know, oh, groveling or some ritualistic prayer. You go there in your spirit. Well, I don't know how to get to my spirit. Well, it's within you. And it's not all this noise. And you got to go to him authentically. That's why when I pray, I occasionally drop. A curse word. I, I occasionally say exactly how I feel. I occasionally, and by occasionally, I mean every time. I'm like real with God. Or real with the one. Because the one knows it all anyway. What are, you, what are you hiding, right? Like, just be real. Jesus is an extraterrestrial bridge to the Father. I am the way, the truth, and the life. We are all the way, the truth, and the life, though. I mean, we can go break that verse down, too. But what he's really saying is the I am, ego exists, is the way, the truth, and the life. The way to God is through your ego and your self, okay? You got to make the two into one. I am that I am. Remember, I am that I am literally translates to I will become that which I become in the Hebrew. And we've done, I've done a whole episode on that. But yeah, I'm glad you know that, Rick. Thank you for being here, my friend. Michael says, can't hide. Exactly, exactly. So, um, Bob, we'll call him Bob. Bob's one of my biggest fans lately. 
think he comments on every reel I post. Bob says, heresy. This is heresy. All those names of God you spoke are all rolled, are not all rolled into the same God. Yahweh is not the Sumerian God. You say you are Catholic. I never said I was Catholic, Bob. Never said I was Catholic. Uh, what you are saying falls into the realm of cult. Actually, Bob, I believe you mean occult. Occult means hidden knowledge. Cult is a societal structure of a indoctrination of control under one leader. So two very different things. Occult, I believe, is what you're referring to. Yes. Yes, I am occult. Occult. I have hidden knowledge. Most people don't see it. You can have it too. Anybody can have it. You don't have to go through me. You have to go through your I am, your ego and your existence, your flesh and yourself. Lots of different names for it. You don't unalive the ego. You don't punish your flesh. None of that stuff that you've heard through history, right? No, you got to control your ego to become an outward representation of the inward truth, the truth within you. Anyway, love you, my friend. Bob, thank you for the comment. There's always a Bob. Bob says, uh, have a discussion with your priest and get truth and clarify would be my suggestion. Um, again, truth is subjective, my friend. Truth is authenticity in my humble opinion. Molly says, yeah, good job, Cub. I love it when you get the heresy comment. You got the good stuff. Thank you. I got the good stuff. Bob keeps coming back. Student learning from the master. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. Yeah, I always know the people that like really want to learn something on my channel. Uh, there's a guy, you know, I don't I can't even remember his name. He comments on every single thing I post on YouTube. Um I mean, just over it. I, I mean, if I post anything, he will argue with me. I post a picture of my dogs the other day. He's like, those aren't good dogs. That, you know, like just literally argue with me on everything. And I'm like, dude, thanks for being my biggest fan. Like every, he, he gets the conversation started on everything I get. So people don't understand. Like you're not, you're not hurting me. You're just helping me. You're not going to change my mind because I've been there. By the way, I've been a minister before. I've been in ministry for seven years. Uh, I'm not lost. I'm not confused. The devil didn't steal my soul. Um, you know, if you work in the hot dog factory, you don't eat hot dogs anymore. Let's just say that. Um, you just, you, you, you figure it out. You ask questions and when you realize that, oh, I'm not allowed to ask that. Or that was labeled heretical or whatever, then then there's your sign. Keep going down that path, right? Or at least it was for me. The one universal source is our priest. Amen, Molly. Amen. Like, let's can I from the back? I love it. Right on, man. Look sharp says, My spirit is lifted up. Good for you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Okay. I'm gonna read this from HP Lovecraft. H.P. Lovecraft wrote some incredible fictional mythos, lots of like early postmodern horror type stuff. Really, really interesting. I don't know a whole lot about him, but I want to know more after reading this. I'm going to read some of this stuff from him. 
Before I do that, guys, if you love what I'm talking about and you want to support the channel, you want to go deeper with me. You want to have that conversation like Mr. Man earlier wanted to. Come check out my Mythos membership. You're going to get access to my private community, my Mystery Academy, our Zoom meetups every single weekend, and whole lot more, guys. Whole lot more. Uh, there's a couple of different membership options. Pick the one that works best for you. Super affordable. You will not believe the value you get for a very, very affordable price. And it all supports exactly what I'm doing. So I can show up here. I can deal with the haters. I can deal with, with all the heretics and stuff. And I can do everything I can to keep exploring these tough concepts, the things that don't really make sense or don't fit into our traditional understandings of things. I just continue to go down the rabbit hole with you guys in all love and light. We're a multicultural, multi-faith, multi-orientation community. Uh, we are not a cult. We are occult. Okay. Occult meaning hidden knowledge, meaning we're just going to explore uh, our hidden mythos within each of us. You know, we've got people that want to explore their dreams, people who want to explore their uh, supernatural giftings, people that want to explore entrepreneurship and have a better life. Like, I mean, we do it all. This is like a holistic community. There's really nothing off the table as long as it's family friendly. Uh, we talk about it. And so our Zoom meetups are every Saturday. If you can't join on Saturdays, no worries. You're going to get access to the recordings of every single one of them. And you can still communicate with me over in the community feed or the chat, um, as well as the rest of the community. Lots of stuff. You also get my private blog over there. You're also going to get challenges. We do a monthly challenge. Um, I promise you there's a ton going on. If you don't have a ton of time, don't worry. Pick and choose what you want to do and how you want to interact with the community. But it's fantastic. Scan the QR code right now. If you join today, I will personally welcome you. I'll send you a welcome video, get you orientated to the community, make sure that uh, I reach out to you and get you whatever you need, support-wise, encouragement, get you connected with people. If there's something specifically you're interested in, I'll plug you in with more resources or more people in the community that know more about that. So it's a great way. If you love what I'm doing here, come and support what we're doing. Come check it out. Thank you guys so much www.cubcooker.com. The deal I have on there right now ends very soon at the end of January. So if you want in right now is the time. Go get in. You're going to have the most flexibility with how you pay and what you pay right now before I switch offers in February, making some changes and bringing some new value to it in February. So make sure you get in now. You're going to get all of that, but you're going to get it at the most affordable price right now. So thank you guys so much. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read this about Azathoth by HP Lovecraft. I'll leave the QR code up on the screen. You can also click on the link in my profile or bio or description at any time and go see for yourself. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. And I look forward to meeting you, by the way. Love meeting new people every day as we get new members. So when the age fell upon the world and wonder went out of the minds of men, when gray cities reared to smoky skies, tall towers grim and ugly, in whose shadow none might dream of the sun or of the spring's flowering meads. When learning stripped earth of her mantle of beauty and poets sang no more save of twisted phantoms seen with bleared and inward looking eyes. 
When these things had come to pass, the childish hopes had gone away forever. There was a man who traveled out of a out of life on a quest into the spaces whither the world's dreams had fled. Of the name of the abode of this man, of the name and abode of this man, but little is written. For they were of the walking world only. Yet it is said that both were obscure. It is enough to know that he dwelt in a city of high walls where sterile twilight reigns, and that he toiled all day among shadow and turmoil, coming home an evening to a room whose one window opened not on the fields and groves, but on a dim court where other windows stared in full despair. So this is from As, uh, Azathoth, A-Z-A-T-H-O-T-H, by H.P. Lovecraft. Um, and this is a, just a really short little story about this being named Azathoth. And I'm going to share with you what that is. We're going to keep reading. But I think it's very similar to what we're talking about with The One. Uh, this might be a darker version of it, uh, but essentially this being is... Um, something that all things reside within. Hmm, very similar to the one that we're talking about. It says, from that casement, one might see only walls and windows, except sometimes when he leaned out far and peered aloft at the small stars that passed. And because mere walls and windows must soon drive to madness, a man who dreams and reads much, the dweller in that room used night after night to lean out and peer aloft to glimpse some fragment of things beyond the waking world and the grayness of tall cities. After years, he began to call the slow sailing stars by name and to follow them in fancy when they gilded uh, regretfully out of sight. Till at length his vision opened to many secret vistas whose existence no common eye suspects. Very, very similar to what Jesus is saying here about the one. No common eye. No, no eye is gazed upon, right? And one night a mighty gulf was bridged and the dream-haunted skies swelled down to the lonely watcher's window to merge with the close air of his room and make him a part of their fabulous wonder. There came to that room wild streams of violet midnight, glittering with dust of gold, vortices of dust and fire swirling out of the ultimate spaces and heavy with perfumes from beyond the worlds. Opiate oceans poured there, litten by suns that I may never behold and having in their whirlpools strange dolphins and sea nymphs, unredeemable depths, noiseless infinity eddied around the dreamer and wafted him away without even touching the body that leaned stiffly on the lonely window. Now, this might be what you would call caught up in spirit if you were reading the biblical canon. And for the days not counted in men's calendars, the tides of far spheres bear him gently to join the dreams for which he longed, the dreams that men have lost. And in the course of many cycles, 
They tenderly left him sleeping on a green sunrise shore, a green shore fragrant with lotus blossoms and starred by red camelettes. Now this is an excerpt from Azathoth. Um, he's got a bunch of different writings on this um, entity. Um, and I wanted to share a little bit about the base understanding here from the Wikipedia page. Azathoth is the beginning of an incomplete novel written by American horror fiction writer H.P. Lovecraft. It was written in June 1922. 22 for confirmation there. One of my favorite numbers. And published as a fragment in the journal Leaves in 1938 after Lovecraft's passing on. It is the first piece of fiction to mention the fictional being Azathoth. One of the major entities in Lovecraft's Chulu, C-T-H-U-L-H-U, Chulu Mythos. Though the entity only appears in the title. So what's really interesting about this is this being is, you know, allegedly the thing that all things live within. And that's why I specifically created the artwork I did today, because it, it has the form of a human, right? With the lips and the nose. But beyond that, it is quantum. It is entangled. It is uh, astral. It is literally the cosmos. Um, and I think that that's what we're dealing with here. Like, how would you even know if you were a part of a body? How would you even know? Like, as above, so below. You have cells in your body. They may be just as self-aware as you. Like, what? how do we know? Like, we don't know, right? They may be like, what's the meaning of life? You know, who, who's, who's to know? We aren't just cells in the body of God. Race has finally got you on live. Thank you, my friend. Ka uh, Kathy says, we are magical. Absolutely. God's DNA lives in us. Absolutely. And we live in God's DNA. As above, so below. As within, so without. There is a saying from Hindu philosophy that says the Brahma or the Atman is Brahman and the Brahman is Atman. And basically that means the soul is the super soul and the super soul is the soul. And it's literally what Jesus said when he said, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. And this one truth, this one authenticity, this one thing that I think we can hang our hat on says that we are a part of something that we can't fathom. And yet that something is fully developed within us if we're willing to be aware of it. And just by being aware of it, we wake up to a reality that might be mundane, as we talked about earlier, because you don't know what to do with it yet. I don't know what to do with it yet. I feel all this power in me. I feel all this potential. And I don't know how to manifest it yet. I don't know what to do with it other than just keep showing up for it and being a witness to it. And I think a lot of times that's all we can do. And that takes the mundaneness of life and turns it into how can I have fun with this daily? What can I do? to spin this into reality. 
Exactly. Miguel says, if you're lost at sea, then you are in the sea and the sea is in you. Absolutely. Kathy says, that's why we need to communicate. Yes, yes, yes. And so that's for me. Thank you, Waters Misty. Appreciate you. For me, one of the highest achievements in life is just to communicate authentically what I'm learning every day. And even though sometimes the day to day, guys, it's been gray and rainy here. I'm like ready to go outside. I want sunshine. I just want to like go to Florida right now and go swim in the ocean in the sunshine. It's mundane, right? Like the day to day you're, you're here and then you're not. So like create something like quit wasting time, create something. And I think ultimately that's what we're supposed to do with this God force within us is create, create into reality. Create, 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 create. Doesn't mean you have to be a content creator like me. Maybe you do art, music. Maybe you can sit down and write. Maybe you want to go teach others. Maybe you're really logical and practical and there's something you want to invent. Just keep creating. Even if you don't think there's a use for something, create it. The greatest creators in the world create because I can't not create. Not because, oh, I had a message I had to share. It's like, I just have to create to stay sane. That's how I am. Rebecca says, I'm a writer. Good for you, my friend. Good for you. Put pen to paper. Francois says, 1922. Yes, absolutely. So, Azathoth, very interesting. The one, very interesting. Um, many different names for this. Gnosticism has other names for this entity or this one or whatever we want to call it. I've been calling it source for many years now. We call it source in our community. Um, it's, you know, how do you get a message from source? You find your most authentic energy. I was in my authentic energy today. Wasn't trying to control the narrative or spin a particular story. I just started this and got in my energy. And ultimately, that's how you channel source within you, right? You're in it. It's in you. You just let it flow. I mean, think about what Jesus was saying over and over and over. Grod, what is up, my friend? Grod says, you're hitting on all my questions. I call it it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It, the one source. Um, I can't remember the other. There's a, there's another Gnostic name for it. There's all kinds of different names. But again, getting hung up in the name is really neither here nor there. It's one of those things like you can't prove God to someone and you can't tell them about God. They like either know it or they don't. You know what I mean? Like they'll see it in you and go, what the heck does that person have? Like there is no evangelizing doesn't even exist. I mean, we're trained to do that within the church. We're told it exists, but you're only selling people a vision that you have of Jesus or that the Bible says, or that some patriarch somewhere said, right? Harry, I got you, brother. I got you. I know, I know where you're coming from, my friend. When we discover that the truth is already in us, we are all at once our original self. Zen Master Dojin. Yeah, absolutely, man. Grod says, right, no words are needed. It's the frequency. Yeah. 
you know, if you want to help your friend or family member, I've noticed that the best thing I can do is help myself, love them, and make the agreement with myself that I have no control over their life and I've got to get out of their way and just literally love them. Got people in my life. I'd love to tell them, here's what you should do. They've even called me. What should I do? I tell them what to do. They ignore it. That's why I told our friend earlier, you know, it's like, should I quit my job? I don't know. You know what you should do. And what I say is not going to affect you at all. People do what they want to do. Okay. The idea of influence, I'll tell you a secret. I don't influence anyone. They do what they're going to do. I might confirm something. Same thing with all leaders, good, bad, and ugly. People do what they're going to do. Nobody actually gets in your head and controls you. That takes away one of the laws of the universe, which is free will. You have free will to do what you need to do, what you want to do, what you decide to do. There's no entity in your head. There's no demon controlling you. Okay. If there's a demon controlling you, it's because you, you agreed at some point to yoke yourself with that energy, that frequency, those thoughts, those thought forms. Our mind makes us crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly our uh, primal mind, our uh, archaic animalistic nature, right? We got to learn how to hybrid that. We could be the greatest beings in the universe if we could figure out how to take the two and make them into one, right? And in this scripture, Jesus goes on, by the way, we're going to talk about this tomorrow. He talks about the perfect human archetype, like literally the perfect human evolution. And we're going to talk about that. What does that look like? Where does that come from? He shows us exactly how to get there. I'm going to talk about that tomorrow on the podcast. I did today because we had a brother yesterday ask me to do more of this from a little three-minute video I posted. A lot of people wanted more of who is the father of Jesus. So when I come here and I tell you the father of Jesus is not God, I can stand beside that because God is not what we think. And God is not even a good name for a most high, energetic, invisible creator being of the universe. That's not a good name. God is a guardian of a domain or a great old dragon or one of these archetypes of deities. And we've got to remember that if there's something above all of it, then that something is actually in us and we're in that something. It's actually so super massive and so micro and so within us that we don't even perceive it. And I think that's a beautiful, beautiful way to understand it. All right, I'm going to take some questions. Thank you guys so much for being here today. I'm just going to hang out for a few minutes here, take a few questions, comments, prayer concerns, whatever you got, throw it my way. I really appreciate you guys today. It's been a great, great episode talking about the one, talking about Azathoth. Uh, we didn't even get into Yalda Bayoth today. Uh, that's that's a whole nother lesson. Um, who is the father of Jesus? What do you say? Who do you say I am? Oh, Abraxas. That's what it is. Thank you, my friend. Abraxas is the other Gnostic name for this one, right? Um, 
Thank you, my friend. Yaldabaoth, no, is not a uh, a Braxis. Yaldabaoth is the Demiurge, the lion-headed serpent. Um, it is the thing that made the material realm, according to Gnosticism, um, in ignorance. Doesn't mean it's bad. It's just ignorant, and it makes some really uh, bad decisions out of that ignorance. Uh, within Hinduism, there's three modes. You have uh, the good, which is the highest mode to be in. You have passion, which is like the middle. Most people on the planet, they operate out of passion. Passion drove me to do this. The good says, I'm going to do this whether I want to or not, because it's, it's the good. It, this is my highest. I'm at my best when I'm doing said thing. Uh, like I go to the gym out of the good. I show up here out of the good, right? It doesn't mean that every day I have passion driving me to do the thing you know an artist may start painting out of passion but they'll end up in what's called like a dry spell or writer's block or something and the good says pushing through that and just continuing to channel is the highest good right um and so ignorance is the lowest mode to be in it's not even evil like the the evil uh basically is just a byproduct of ignorance right and that's that's a very interesting that's a whole nother morality debate to talk about but like tiamat yes yes exactly and then you get like the um tiamat's kind of the demiurge basically in uh the babylonian sumerian and akkadian mythos and tiamat is kind of a feminine energy that loosely corresponds to like sophia because in gnosticism sophia and ignorance bore y'all and then Yaldabaoth, in ignorance, created the material realm and a, for him to live in, in the cloud that his mother made for him. Um, you know, it, it, it's all explaining a lot of these natural processes we have and a lot of the frequencies that are running around, running amok in the universe, right? Um, giving form to all of these things. So uh that's why a lot of a lot of times it's like well what does god look like well god doesn't have form what do you look like what does a star look like you know what is a cell look like you know it's, it's all things together so um but yes molly absolutely yeah tiamat's basically the babylonian demiurge so um let's see bill says a thought from the father was conceived by the mother sophia the word came forth later the word becomes flesh yeah um and and remember the word became flesh and then we always demonize flesh yet jesus is saying the word became flesh like why are we um you know we gotta quit thinking that there's something about us that's bad or evil okay uh even if you think you have data that supports that well i've made really bad decisions cub you don't know who i used to be blah 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 I promise you, we've all been there. I promise you, everyone has a past that they don't want to talk about. I promise you, everyone has things to forgive themselves for. I promise you, everyone has things to forgive others for. I promise you, everyone has had falling outs with people. Everyone's had bad relationships. Everyone has had bad business deals. Everyone has had something, some data to suggest to them that some, some part of them is not worthy, not good enough, evil even. And guys, I'm telling you that I don't believe that to be authentically what we are. I, I don't believe, like if we are in God and God is in us, then we are in that good if we just agree we're in that good. And that's basically how I look at life. So 
Uh, and that, that in turn changes our thoughts about ourselves, our emotions, and it changes our actions. It changes everything about us, right? It's, it's, we got to reverse it. You know, I think often religion comes at it from, you know, try to be a good person, accept Jesus, blah, 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 and then see if a transformation comes. And I say, let the transformation come uh, because of those agreements first. Like we, we actually just say we are in God. Everything Jesus said about himself is true about me, right? And then let that transform us. And it does It does for me. So, Mystic Mark says, we aren't here to be evil. We are here to learn. Absolutely. Some of us are. Some are here to learn. Some are here to burn, right? Some are here to judge. Some are here to be judged. Some are here to reign over all. Some are here to let it be. Some are here to come together. Some are here for a mission, truth train for confirmation. Some are here to work. Some are here to sleep. Some are here to drone on and on and on. Some are here to create all kinds of different archetypes. And by the way, you can choose what you want to be day to day. Some to imagine. Exactly, Mojo. Absolutely. Purpose, Kathy says, yes, yes. Is Aravat the most high? Is he our maker? It depends on what tradition you look at, you know. Um, even in the Babylonian mythos, Anki's the creator. No, it was Enlil. No, it was actually Anu, you know. Arguing about the most high of these deities is like... It's like per perpetual paternity tests when, yeah, I don't even want to go there. When, when you have no way of knowing who the baby daddy is, right? Like, like, let's try to look at the whole planet and try to figure out who's the father of it all. You know, every tradition argues that. And I think one of the beautiful things about Gnosticism is just saying, Man, it's it's all in the all. The all is in the all, and all is in the all, right? I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. I will become that which I become. The they call it the self-created, the self-begotten. The first created beings were androgynous, though, right? Again, that's a mythos. We have no way of knowing what the biology actually was, technically. We know that if you study evolutionary biology, there's like a very short period in which the human genome went boom and something activated it, turned it on, huge leap in evolution in like a very short amount of time. You have 2001 A Space Odyssey deals with this. And these giant gray monoliths coming down, playing a resonant frequency and causing the monkeys to have an idea to trigger their DNA to begin the evolution process very quickly. The Bible describes it as Elohim. The Sumerian mythos describes it as the Anunnaki. Was this actual physical entities or was it something more gradual? and frequency-based, I don't know. By the way, 
who's to say any of that ever happened? And that's not just the mythos you sell yourself because you woke up in a dream and now you have all of these histories and mythos and everything that you're trying to work out the literal interpretation when every single one of them is to tell you a spiritual truth about yourself. What if none of it happened? What if yesterday didn't happen? Kathy says, it's freaking crazy. Exactly. You don't need to be physical to exist, Miguel says. Amen, brother. Amen. Brittany says, Bologna. Probably. Probably. I'm German, so I'm some sort of overprocessed, you know, sauerkraut and bologna or kielbasa or whatever, right? So probably. Until it's not. Until you have one day where you have an out-of-body experience and you go, this ain't real. I don't even know who I am. And then you go tell somebody and they write you a script. And they go, here, this will make you feel better. And then you spend the rest of your life going, what was that about? And it was really your true self trying to tell you, wake up. You're dreaming. Become the dreamer. Uh, EBK says, can I explain the Magi and the Masonic connection? Um, I don't know specifically what you're talking about. Um, I do not demonize Masons, by the way. I know a lot of them. I'm not one personally. I love the systems of like esotericism. It's all esoteric. I'm not saying there's not evil people in the world that don't have plans and secret messages and stuff to each other. That's not what I'm talking about, but I'm talking about the core mythos of um, the Masonic tradition is not something that I demonize whatsoever. Uh, a lot of people, including some of my friends here on the apps are uh, very educated in that. So I would, uh, I would actually tell you, go ask the Gnostic Pope um, or formerly mystic Mason. Um, go ask him about that he's probably going to know a whole lot more I, I just don't have the data on that i'm sorry um have i ever read vogon poetry i haven't i've read klingon poetry but not not that one so uh they could be speaking more of the microcosm than macro which would also make sense yeah absolutely and then it all cycles again it all cycles again the son of none wendy says i think wendy is going to win the prize of the day, which is a pat on the back. Um, who is Jesus? Is he the only begotten son of God or is he the self-begotten son of God? And is he us? I say he is. And I think there's a whole lot of self-begotten sun lights here in the world. I'm looking at a bunch of them. Thank you guys for sharing your light. Love you guys. Who is Marduk? I've got a whole series on the Anunnaki. Uh, he is, I can't remember if it's the son of Anki or the son of Enlil. He's one of them. Um, there's actually two. When you get into the Babylonian mythos, there's a bunch of different conflicting stories that like say one thing. You know, one of them, Anki and Enlil, are actual brothers. One of them, 
uh, their half brothers. So it kind of depends on which version you read and who interpreted it. We got to remember cuneiform is like a link. It's not like a written language like we have today. It really took people way smarter than me to figure out what it even meant and start putting two and two together. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's like, he's the son of Anki or Enlil. He's basically the predecessor that adopts God of the air and God of the earth and God of the mysteries. Like he tries to become everything basically very, very Yahweh archetype from the Bible, by the way, doesn't mean he's bad. He made some really questionable decisions, started a lot of battles, but again, it's all archetypes. It's all archetypes. So. Yeah, comment sections make it obvious when the full moon is about to happen because it's all over the place, all over the place. I love it, though. I actually swim in this energy. I think that's why my fire came out today because I knew I just needed to, like, burn some of the shaft away, like, just, like, you know, not not against anybody, just, like, you know, I had to, like, get through my own weeds right now, like, just burn them away. Um and kind of get to the point today and get through a lot of my, I think I have a lot of self-apology sometime too. And a lot of it's the algorithm too. Like, you know, you got to be careful in today's day and age and me being a full-time creator, I try to do my best by these platforms and have a very fair and balanced, very loving approach to all people, but still have an opinion. And that's a fine line you walk uh, doing that. Uh, because it is not only my goal, uh, it is my truth that I am a creator for all people. Uh, I make spirituality cool. I make it accessible. I make deconstruction fun. Um, and I am for everyone. I am for the family. I am for, uh, the friends. I am for the whole family. And I try to really be that uh, because it is authentically me, but there are days that my fire is turned up and to try to keep that balanced is not always easy for me because sometimes some of the comments just make me want to, um, you know, throw things, right? Uh, it ain't easy. So I've always found myself running against the wind. Mojo says, yeah, I understand that. Ashley can probably tell you exactly why that is. Uh, she's our resident star chart artist and expert. Um, so hit her up if you join the community, by the way, trying to sell you for you there, Ashley, but yeah. Um, love to have you guys join the community. If you like this, please consider joining and don't just please consider like, why haven't you done it? I have people that they're like, I've been following you for a year and I just now joined. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I failed you. Like I could have been communicating with you for a year. We could have had uh, this relationship with our community. I could have introduced you to people. We could have made connections. We could have been interacting this whole time and I'm sorry I didn't do my job. So if you're at all thinking about joining, hit up the link in my profile. You can cancel anytime if you don't resonate with it, but I promise you're going to love it and I will welcome you. Uh, it is a fantastic community and you'll be like, I'm home. I'm home. I should have been here all along. Like I said, there's no contracts, no soul contracts, nothing weird like that. You can cancel anytime. So uh, go to the site, Kathy. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, You can click on my profile picture here 
and it's C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com. It's just my name.com. My real name is Jacob, but my friends call me Cub. So that's my website, cubcooker.com. So yeah, go over there. It's also in the description if you're listening on the podcast or watching on other platforms. C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com. Love to have you uh, and meet you, get to know you, let you know, uh, let me know what I can do to support you too. Uh, we've got a lot of really cool people in there. So Molly, we got Molly and Honeybee and Dreamstar and who else did we have today? We got a bunch of people on and we got a bunch of new people today too. Thank you guys. That's what I mean. Like if you're new, jump in, give it a try. I, it's so affordable. Like you can't afford not to. I'm not like the hundred dollar a month kind of guy. So you won't believe how affordable it is compared to a lot of what's out there. So come check it out. We're a lot of fun. Saturdays are a blast. Saturdays are great workshop style. Um, and we've got a really good one planned this Saturday. So, uh, what did Lovecraft call it? Uh, the opiatic oceans chaos is fun. Yes. And thanks for the shout out. Absolutely. I'm going to actually look that up. Um, let me go back to that story. Uh, let's see. The tides of far spheres bear him gently to join the dreams for which he longed. Da, 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 da. Where was it? Yeah, that was a good line. Yeah, the opiate oceans. The opiate oceans. That's a trip, isn't it? That's a beautiful, beautiful poem, though. That's at hplovecraft.com. And then you can search through his writings. And this one's the uh, Azathoth excerpt. Very, very good stuff, guys. So anyway, thank you all. Uh, one more question or two. It was a great picture of a fever dream. Yes, exactly. That's what I thought, too, Ashley. Absolutely. Um, da, 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 da. Grod, thank you for being here too. YT, thanks for being here. Wendy, thank you. Christopher, thanks for being here, my friend. All right, well, that's it for today, guys. I love you. Thank you for being here. Thanks for joining the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast, and thanks for joining the Mythos membership. Best way you can support my channel, and honestly, the best way I can support you. Uh, it's It's awesome, guys. Look forward to meeting you in there. Thank you so much. I'll be here tomorrow. Tomorrow, we're going to get into the awakened human or the perfect human that Jesus literally told us we can become. It's going to be a good one. I'll see you guys tomorrow. I love you. God bless you. Namaste and peace.